In this week's episode of The Business of Making, we'll talk some more about email marketing. And more specifically, we talk all about email service providers. There are plenty out there and it can get really confusing. So we're going to go back to basics. What are these software and what do they do? And give you some tips to help you choose the best one for you. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. everyone and welcome back to the business of making podcast episode 34 this is deb and as always i'm here with jess hello and make hello and today we are talking about email marketing which we're super excited about because we've got a workshop series starting next week which mm-hmm. i hope by now you know everything about if you <laughs> don't you need to go to the business of slash workshops but this is really a three-part series uh, workshops where we're going to take you from not having a list at all to knowing everything you need to know about it <laughs> and actually getting the work done so that you have your list set up an email sequence that you know is already sorted you have a plan for what to send to your subscribers and so we're really really excited about that and it starts next week I can't believe it. Like, I'm, I think the reason I'm so excited about this is because we're actually going to be working live with everybody. Like, we are there live for all three workshops and it's going to be really fun. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so nice just to even, like, have that back and forth chat with people that have been listening, you know, fairly one-sided with us just talking. It's going to be nice to have the, yeah, like, actually going back and forth in a conversation. So it would be awesome. Yeah, and, like, I don't know, I was a bit of a nerd when I was studying, but I love to, uh, like, go to the library and like have work date with friends where we were like, okay, we're going to work on this assignment together. And you just get it done because you're there in a group and this is time that is really productive because you, you see other people working and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm getting this done right now. And so I'm really excited about this format where we're going to actually tell you what to do and then we'll have time to implement while you're I was going to say on air, I don't know, live, yeah, sure. on air, yeah, there. so like TV, <laughs> but you know, while we're there with you, so, cause that's the entire point. It's a very actionable, uh, format. So if you need to, uh, if you want to sign up or if you want to learn more, uh, go to the business of slash workshops, cause we're starting next week and you can get one workshop, two workshops if you want, or the entire series, the three of them, which will save you a bunch of money. <laughs> so and- we recommend you do that. Yeah, we have an exciting additional bonus for people who do sign up for these workshops. We're actually going to have a dedicated Facebook group for one month after the workshops that we will be in to answer any questions that pop up about mailing lists. So, you know, if you go to the workshops, you don't get it all finished or maybe you can attend two but you have to miss one of them for whatever reason, there will be replays available. If you've bought the workshops, you can watch the replay. So you'll have a month afterwards to actually pick our brains and ask us any burning questions about setting up this whole system. So you guys are getting a lot from this little set of workshops. Yeah, it's not yeah. a it's not just a come for the couple of hours and then we leave you off on your own this whole group afterwards you're going to get a lot of support and we're going to make sure that um you know what we've said that you're going to come away with you actually do come away with and you do do the work so it's going to be great 
I'm so excited. The more we talk about it, the more I'm like, sign me up. And then I'm like, oh, I'm already in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm certainly tempted to like do my food planning on there. I know I can't, I'm teaching, but you know, it'll be, um, it'll be inspirational, I think, for us as well. Yeah. 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 It'll be great. Yeah. And like, I'm looking forward to doing more of those as well. Like this is email this time, but I'm, I'm really excited about this little format we've got going on. Okay. So before we get into today's episode, I also wanted to get a shout out to one of our listeners that's left a really nice review on our iTunes page, which uh, you guys, if you want to do that, go ahead and do that because it really helps us. Let's be honest. Uh, it's not for our ego. It's so that we can be found by more makers. We are doing this out of love for the community. As you know, we come up together so that we can help more makers make money from what they make. And so when you share that, when you leave review, when you take a screenshot and share it on Instagram, when you're listening to this podcast, it really, really helps us reach more people. So feel free to do that or actually just do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. We love you even if you don't, but it will be really nice. And this uh, lovely person, I don't think this is the real first name because it's called Sunflower. So I think this is mostly just a a username. But uh, the review is a great conversational way of learning. These ladies are awesome. They know their stuff, but each has a different twist on how they do things and sometimes different opinions. Therefore, you feel you have a few options to try rather than just do this, this, and this. And I really love this review because I think this is why we wanted to come together as a, as a group on that podcast too, which is, you know, we agree mostly, but we also have different opinions sometimes. And so there isn't always just one perfect fit, one size fit all for your business. And this is kind of the approach that we're taking on this podcast so that you can find what, what works best for you and for your shop. Yeah, I've actually heard from a few people too. It's really nice that even when we do all agree, um, that's really sort of legitimizing what each of us is saying because obviously we're backing up like we kind of know what we're talking about, funnily enough. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it makes it 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 good for those people who aren't sure because when you are following lots of different people and they're saying lots of different things, it can be super overwhelming. So I think people are finding that really valuable as well. Hey there, Maker. Are you loving this podcast as much as we love bringing it to you? If so, we would love to talk to you about supporting us on Patreon. Becoming one of our patrons is a way to support the show and to help us produce it each week. You can help for as little as $1 a month and you get access to behind the scenes, extra content we won't share anywhere else, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast. To learn more, simply go to thebusinessofmaking.com slash support. And now back to the show. All right, let's get into the email topic of the day, which is what email service provider should you use? So first, we should probably start by defining what that means. Mm -hmm. Usually you will see it as well as ESP. And that just sounds, it's just like a marketing lingo kind (laughs) of thing. It makes people feel, makes them feel important. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm telepathic. Yeah. <laughs> we're not talking about. Oh that. my God. We're not talking about Telekinesis? No. <laughs> Email service providers. Yeah. Email service provider. And so why? Let's start with that. Why mm. do you need an email service provider when you want to start a list? What does it do? Yeah. So I've had a few people just say or just mention that they send out their emails via their just email address and either via, you know, Gmail or their website email address or like harking back to the day, Hotmail, whatever it might be, Yahoo Mail, I don't even know. I don't use any of them. Email, AOL, Big yeah, Pond. AOL, <laughs> Yahoo, my goodness. Did I just say Yahoo twice? Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> whatever. 
so yeah, this is a thing that people do. If um, if you are these people, then listen to us. <laughs> you should not be doing this. But why? Like why? If someone came to you guys and said, "Oh, but I'm just using my normal email address to send out an email because I'm I have this you know list of email addresses," what's wrong with that? Well, there's a bunch of reasons, but two main ones being one, it's an absolute pain in the beep, you know, like it's not okay. <laughs> like if you have two people, it's fine, but you want at least, you want at least that's going to end up being hundreds of thousands. And what are you going to do? Like just send an email with like CC copies on everyone. Like that's just, that's just a practical nightmare. And also legally, like there's rules behind how you collect people's information. They have a right to get that information deleted and to unsubscribe from your list. And so it's a very different thing to have this in your personal email, like sort of contact list than it is in an email service provider, because then you can delete that data. They know that they can request that deletion and all of that kind of stuff. So it's just good uh, practice, really. It's just, it's not even an option. Should I use my Hotmail address? It's like, no, you can't. <laughs> just don't. Yeah. Don't do it. Can you imagine people sending out and like accidentally not using the BCC field and like mm, putting them in happens. like the normal email feed? Oh my God. No. It's happened oh to me gosh. several times. Oh. <laughs> I think I haven't done it. I've received an email oh, with it's bad. like hundreds of people's email addresses in it. It's terrible. Yep. But yeah, beyond don't, don't the... The, those practicalities and legal requirements and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'd say that there's just so many limitations to doing mm. it that way. You're, yeah. you're missing out on so much that you can do with an email service provider. Yeah. Well, that's a great segue to like the second part of this conversation, which is what do you actually do once you've got an email list? So maybe we could define, cause there's two types of emails that you will be sending to your email subscribers. And so let's maybe define those two so that we understand that these are actually features that you need to look at for when you look for like the software that you want to use. Yeah, absolutely. So there's obviously the manual email that you write and send to people like, you know, once a week or once a fortnight, you want to update people on what's going on with your business. And that's usually what people think of when they're like, oh, what am I going to send to my list? It's that sort of email. But there's also automation. So automated emails that you send out to your list when someone signs up. So this happens without any input from you. Once you set it up, it's all runs by itself. So for example, um, I think we probably all have automation. So I'm gonna give you some examples of mine. Um, the first one is for Ethereal. I have like a welcome email that actually gives people a little discount code. It tells them a little bit about our business. So they get that automatically. You know, if you offer something like a discount code or some sort of other, um, my mind's just gone blank. Lead magnet opt-in. Lead magnet, thank you. I was thinking bribe, but I didn't really <laughs> use that word. People do bribe. say that. But that is kind of what it is. Um, <laughs> if you're using something like that to deliver it, you don't have to do it manually. You set it up so it gets sent to them automatically. Um, usually that's within your initial sign-up sequence that's kind of separate to additional automation. Some people right now are going, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, so when you set up a mailing list, you should, I recommend, and I think the other girls will agree with me, to have double opt-in turned on. Would mm -hmm. we say yes? Generally, yes. I think there's always times when that possibly might not be necessary and um, it it's a bit too technical to get into here. But generally, like 90% of the time, yes, definitely yeah. double opt-in. Um, so what that... Oh, sorry. Sorry. In different countries, you must do that as well. Yeah. So it's I'm just pretty sure in Australia yeah. it's like recommended. I can't remember the exact I thing. So I'm pretty sure in Europe now it would be like a forced thing. Like you yes. have to. Yeah. Yeah. So I just do it because I think 
I think it's fair enough anyway. Like, mm, yeah, so, yeah. So what that means, double up, what I'm going to explain the terms for people who don't understand. <clears throat> when somebody puts their email address in a box, what double opt-in means is that you, they get sent an automatic email that says, confirm your subscription to this list. So you've probably received many of these. And then you have to actually take another step of clicking the button in that email before you're actually subscribed to the, to the mailing list. So you can set that up for yourself. And what happens after you click that, yes, I want to be subscribed, is that the email service provider will then send your subscriber a, a follow-up email, which is a welcome email. So that welcome email is part of that initial sign-up process. And that's the one you can use to like deliver your bribe um, to people or tell them a little bit more about you. But on top of that, there is automation. So what this is, is, is a separate thing that when somebody signs up to your list, you can set up a sequence of automated emails that they will receive over a time frame that you decide. So for example, I'll talk about Create and Thrive now for a minute. I have an automation sequence set up for there that goes over a couple of weeks. And the first few emails are quite close together. They're like one day apart and then they sort of start spreading out two or three days apart and they get a bit further apart. And the, the idea behind that and the reason that um, people do it usually is to educate um, the, the potential customer about your business and also give them something, like give them, with an information-based business, it's easier because you're actually giving them links to like your best content and stuff like that to, to, to help them out. Uh, with a product-based business, you might be like telling them about different aspects of your uh, product line. You might be educating them a little bit more about your business. You might have even, um, you know, if say if you sell patterns or something like that, you might set up uh, a little automation sequence explaining, you know, how to use them or what fabric uh, or materials people might like to use it like just educating them and giving them a little bit more detail on how to use your product for example so there's 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 a, you know a million and one ways you can use this but the idea is that you are connecting with them in a way straight away in a way that you don't have to think about it just happens mm. once you thought too, about it once obviously yeah yeah totally and I think this can if some people listening will be like, yep, cool, got it. Some people listening will be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like it's getting all a bit too <laughs> confusing already. Um, and I think it can get super confusing because there's so many options that you can do. But just stick with us because you don't have to do all of these things. You can do just do one, you know, tiny step at a time. So, but it's good to sort of have that knowledge about like, you know, what's possible. So just going back just to what you were saying about um, it's, slightly different or more difficult for um, product-based businesses in that sort of longer automated sequence. I think um, one thing that I was just thinking of was one that product-based businesses could do is sort of you're making those customers aware of the gap between where they are now and where they could be if they bought your thing. So you you need to work out how to do that for your own business. Like we can't just say this is how you do that. But basically you, you're educating them in a way that makes them realize, oh, I really need this product in my life. So that, yeah, that could be in so many different ways that you could do that. And we might go into that a little bit more into in the workshops that we're doing next week. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, a, it's just really building that brand awareness as well and, and delivering value. And value doesn't necessarily mean giving them something for free. Mm. Like sometimes value is just being funny, being entertaining, <laughs> being inspiring. That's valuable. Like if I open an email and it makes me smile, you've just given me a smile. Like that's cool. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's just a, a way of bonding with your, well, they, they might not be customers then, but like subscribers so that they turn into customers. But so 
we've got that newsletter stuff that we, I'm just trying to recap. So there's this, usually it will be called newsletter or broadcast. That's another term that means kind of the same thing, which means that you manually set this email to be sent out. So you can schedule it, but you type it and then you say, Tuesday at 3 p.m. I want to send this email to my list. And so that's usually your newsletter, which it doesn't matter how often you email it, but it's something that sets manually by you and scheduled manually. And then there's those automation that we just talked about, which is saying automatically send an email after someone subscribed to welcome them. And then two days later, another one, and then two days later, another one, et cetera. And then there's another level of features. And we're just listing the features here to help you navigate when you look at those email service provider, helping you understand what you're paying for or what you're getting for free and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the last feature is automation again, but it's more advanced integration for people who might not be selling, for example, on Etsy, but who might have a WooCommerce or Shopify store and some email service provider will integrate with them so that you get some fancy stuff. Like if someone leaves an item in the cart, then you can send them automatically an email that says, Hey, you've left this, uh, you know, pair of earring in the cart. Here's 10% off. If you come and finish checkout now, I'm sure you've received, many of them. Sometimes I am so bad with that. Sometimes I've done that lately. I, um, I was buying a notebook that was expensive for a notebook. I was like, why am I buying this? And I left it with the cart and I left thinking because it was a, a bigger kind of company. And I was thinking, okay, I'm going to leave it for a few hours to see if I get an email with a discount card to bring me back. And they did. And I got 10% off and I was like, yes. So good. <laughs> it was like three, it was like three dollars. Like in the end, it's just like such a stupid discount that I really it wasn't even a big difference. But yeah, I'm sure you've seen those emails, which is like, hey, you've left something in your cart. So that's a another level, and you definitely wouldn't want to start there if you're brand new as email marketing. But this is a feature that you'll see in the feature lists. And I think it can get so even deeper in the integration and all that kind of thing. If you have your email service service provider and you have your own website with tracking and you have say, for example, a Facebook ads account, all of those things can all link together. So just saying, uh, following on from what you were saying, Deb, about the like, um, you know, cart reminder, I uh, watched a video on Facebook about an environmental phone case. I went to the website, full intended to buy. It was in US dollars. So it ended up being too expensive with the shipping as well. So left in the cart, didn't worry about it. Then, of course, the next day, see an ad on Facebook. Oh, Aussie customers, here's 25% off to cover the expensive shipping. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, that is good marketing. Like, wow. I, I didn't That's buy it, brilliant. but I saved it to come back to it later. So, you know, like really deep level stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, instead of being overwhelmed by all of this, like remember that this is like step 10. And if you're yeah. at step zero on your journey, you only have to focus no, step about one. step one. But that's yeah. exciting that all of this is here, though, because that means that as you grow and walk to, you know, step two, three, four, then you'll get to that level one day, which is like there's incredible potential online to really like engage with customers. Mm. So it's all exciting stuff. But this is like the, I guess the base, well, not basics, but all the kind of features that you would expect email service providers to have. Mm. And they usually, most of them have them all. What will differ is like the price pretty much. Some yeah. of them are free, some <laughs> of them. So you just have to sort of realize like, what do I need? I think that's what I would say. It's like before you you go and into Google and get lost in like, oh my God, there's all these options, Aweber and MailChimp and MailerLite and all this stuff. <laughs> just write down like, what do I really need for where I'm at? Like maybe I don't need those fancy integration, so I don't need to be sold on that because I don't need it yet. And I, I think, and you guys would probably agree that the basic that you need is 
obviously sending out a newsletter, which is always <laughs> the number one feature <laughs> that they will usually offer you for free. And then that automation part where you can set up automated sequences to be sent out, dripped, fed, it's called like mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I think these are the two things that you mostly need, especially if you're getting started. Yeah. And I would say like, don't forget you can move. If you really yeah. like, you can move from one ESP to another in the future. If the one you're using doesn't, you know, you grow or it changes. And we, I think we've all, well, Michaela just did this recently. I've been thinking about doing it. Yeah. I moved about a, yeah. a while ago. Yeah. Uh, so for example, I'll just give you an example, MailChimp. Uh, if you sign up with them, you get free, you can use it for free up to a certain number of subscribers and a certain number of emails being sent out. So that might be a good somewhere like MailChimp that offers a free level might be a good place to start when you're just starting out because then you're, you're just doing the basics. You know, you're just collecting emails and sending out newsletters every so often. Simple. Then once you grow, if you get to that point where you have to start paying for it, you can reassess and go, okay, well, if I do start paying for this, is it going to give me everything I want to do now or do I want to move to another email service provider that will give me better stuff or better stuff for less money? Mm. I think um, it can get really overwhelming for people to even just choosing because, of course, there's so many out there. Mm. And, of course, you can go into groups and ask for recommendations. But the thing is I think it's really, really individual to you as to what you're going to be comfortable with and what is going to work for you. So anything that has a free trial, try it out. Put your, you know, 10 or 100 subscribers in there to sort of see, like, how easy is it to create an email? How easy is it for you to create an automation? Do they have really good help and support or is it just too difficult and confusing because if it is just too difficult and confusing it's time to move on and try something else because Mm -hmm. it's not going to work for you so um i i had that experience where i've been with mailchimp for the last 10 years and i've decided to change recently and i went to drip for a little while because i really liked their branding i was like yeah this is cool this is all gonna work and then I tried it out for a while and it was just, I just didn't get it. Like it didn't, we didn't jive. I didn't jive with, it is still <laughs> fine and lots of people use it, but it wasn't my thing. So then I eventually moved to ConvertKit, which I found just intuitive immediately. So I knew that that was what was going to work for me. So yeah, you just really need to just test the waters a little bit. Um, definitely take recommendations from people, but make sure that you're knowing that it's going to work for you in your particular situation. Yeah. And I think we don't necessarily want to be, giving you like a top two recommendation or whatever, because this changes, like, I don't know when you're listening to this. Mm. It could be in three months from when we're recording, it could be the next day in two years and stuff changes. Like last week from when we are recording now, MailChimp announced a change in the pricing plans. So I don't want to go in and tell you, Hey, MailChimp is free for this if they're about to change it in a few months. So really list down the features that you need from what we've just talked about. Ask yourself, which one do I need? And then go on the pricing pages of the software and look at, is this included for free or is it something I need to pay for? Mm-hmm. I think now actually for MailChimp, you do pay for automation. Mm-hmm. And then super important what Mick said about like, just try it out because there is, uh, you want to be, I'm not going to say enjoying, but maybe <laughs> having fun, just like a party when you go and send an email. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe not going to be ever that fun, but you want to not like um, dread going into your mm software to send an email and go where is this and and i think i think some of them are just designed and you know the software itself are designed in a way that makes it more fun and and user-friendly and so it's important that you 
are keen to use it. Like, I know it sounds a bit weird, but if you, if you're panicky when you're like, Oh my God, I need to send an email and I hate this thing, then you're never going to do it. Mm. Um, from my own experience, I've used MailChimp, then I moved to ConvertKit. It wasn't because I didn't like MailChimp. It's because I liked ConvertKit more, uh, for physical product sellers do. I don't know if ConvertKit would necessarily be. Yeah. I don't think you're next level of um, no, it's it's a bit it's a stuff. little bit different. I think Mailchimp and MailerLite are, are, are a good thing to look at. Um, and from my experience, or in my in my members that go through the the mailing course, a lot of them end up with MailerLite just from trying it out because they it just it's just cute and the interface is like easy to use. They've got free options, so yeah, just go out there and do your research. But do your research with in mind what you're looking for because if not, you're gonna get sold on stuff you don't need. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Like it's so easy to, as I was saying, like take everyone's recommendations. But if they're talking about stuff that works for them, it doesn't necessarily. It's not gonna necessarily work for you and not be right for where where you're at, the level you're at. Mm. I like personal experience. I've made things way too complex way too early (laughs) and it just is really hard to then strip it back and it's just a big mess so Mm. do do your steps in order start small you know gain momentum gradually and that's totally fine Mm. yeah start simple for sure hi guys have you signed up yet for our live interactive email workshop series It is open now for registrations. We've got three workshops for you. You can sign up for one, two, or all three. And we've got a follow-up Facebook group that's available for one month after the workshops so that, you know, if you can't attend live or you don't get everything done, you'll still get to work with us on your email marketing. To get all the details and to join us, you can go to thebusinessofmaking.com slash workshops. Hope to see you there. There is one feature that we didn't mention that's more advanced too, but I think we should maybe just at least define it because they're going to find it when they go on the pricing pages mm-hmm. and see and, and be like, baby, and tell me about that. What is that? Do I need it? <laughs> and it's segmentation. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, so that's got nothing to do with how the emails are being sent. So it's got nothing to do with whether they're automated or sent manually or scheduled manually by you. It's all about uh, the possibility of having little buckets or segments within your list. So you could have your main list of, let's say, 100 people and maybe 50 of them are in bucket one and 50 are in bucket two. And the reason they would be in different bucket if maybe they signed up for a different offer or you segmented them in a way on your website. So that's more advanced stuff. If honestly, if you don't understand what I'm talking about now, then you don't need it. <laughs> like as simple as that. And I can see Jess raising a hand, so I'm going to let her talk. <laughs> I just, I have one way that I actually use segmentation for my jewelry business. So I want to, I want to mm-hmm. say what that is because it's actually a really useful one. And that's for like holiday cutoff times. So around Christmas or any other holidays, what I do is I, because when people sign up to your mailing list, your email service provider collects their um, ISP. So it tell it, it knows where they are. It knows what country they're in, right? So that's super helpful because what I do is I send separate emails to Australians and everybody else. So around Christmas time, I send an email out uh, because the cutoff dates for Christmas um, orders are different for international and Australian buyers. So for my international um, people, I send them an email for their cutoff date when they need to know. And then for my Australians, I send them an email, a separate email for their cutoff date 
which is like a month, uh, not a month, like two weeks later or something, when they need to know. So that's a really super useful um, way of using the segmentation. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, It's very, very helpful to any makers out there who do have those sorts of holiday cutoff times. And it's so easy because once everybody's email, you don't even need to do anything until you go to send the Mm. email and you just select, you know, uh, segment by location, boom, done. So, Mm. yeah. That's making me think like, yeah, it's a great way to also, if you have a promotion that you think like, oh, I'm going to have like free uh, shipping nationally, like just in Australia or maybe New Zealand, or if you're in the state, just people in the States, it's a little bit annoying to send that to everyone, even if it's not the Christmas thing, like at any time during the year, because like if I'm in Australia, I'm like, oh, well, cool. Yes. Thanks for sending me an email. That's totally useless to me. (laughs) And, And, you know, and you can actually avoid annoying that person by saying, hey, I don't want to send it to the people that don't live in this country. So yeah, segmentation is great for that. And it's another w- reason why you can't use your Hotmail and Gmail address because oh, yeah. all of this fancy stuff that you wouldn't be able to do if not. I think there's, sorry, I know you said one more feature, but I think there's one more thing <laughs> we can talk about just because again, like people might come across it in when they're asking for recommendations and people might mention tagging. And if we don't know what that is, it might be confusing. So, um, yeah, just but it's kind of like segmenting but a little bit different. If someone goes to a certain page on your website, you can tag them with a tag um, in your ESP and then you can use those tags to like segment into groups. So it's really um, not something that you need if you're just starting. But I just wanted to touch on it to let you know that it, it is a, uh, definitely a useful feature but for down the track. You don't need it at the very beginning. Yeah. But yeah. It's quite common across most, if not all, would you guys say? I mean, it might be called something else of diff- in different providers. Yeah, it might be called something else, but. Yeah. It's just being able to sort of tag mm. people with, um, with different labels, basically, depending on their behaviours around your website or your products or stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, also don't overthink this stuff as in like sometimes I see people going, oh, oh someone will say something great about uh, email service provider A and they'll be like, oh, I'm still using B. I wonder if I, sh- I should like change over to A. And it's like shiny object syndrome. It's like, are your subscribers receiving your emails? Yes. Do you <laughs> need to do anything fancier than what you're doing it right now? No. Then stay with number like number two or B or whatever. I just said in my example, because you don't need, you know, like it's really easy to think, oh, this one looks better, but it might not be a priority to change over. You can always do that later. Yeah. Like that's the beauty of having an email list, as we were saying at the beginning. It's like those contacts are yours until then subscribe, <laughs> then they're gone. Yeah. But you can download that file and just take it to another piece of software and you it's not like Facebook or Instagram where you would lose your followers. Like you have those contacts. So you can do it later. Don't stress about having the perfect solution right now. Yeah. No, just start. That's the most just important start, thing. Yeah. Pick one, start. Mm-hmm. You can fiddle around with all those extra things down the line, but yeah. just mm-hmm. get started. Don't let that analysis paralysis stop you from getting yeah, started. Totally. Just yeah. do it. Just do it. Usually yeah. I put a extra expletive in there but just yeah. <laughs> we have not safe for work tag it's okay <laughs> just all right is it, um, <laughs> sorry Deb. you go is this a wrap or do we I have more so. things that i forgot to mention I no i think that'll do for today. i think we've yeah. i think we've dumped enough enough stuff on people yeah, yeah. especially if they don't know any of this it's like ah oh, tech overload yeah, yeah if uh, if you're having a tech overload come into the facebook group and and ask questions because we're, we're always happy to take a look at your questions and then join the workshop series as well because that's going to clarify so much of this for you 
because um, we're not going to tell you stuff you don't need to know. We're really going to go just straight to what, what you need to have set up and in place. And that starts next week. So, well, if you're listening when this episode came out, maybe you're listening like next year and then you're like, well, not actually, it's fast. But <laughs> you missed out. No. So June 2019 is when it's happening. And you can go to the businessofmaking.com slash workshops. Is it workshops or workshop? Because I exactly. never say the right one. All of it. Okay. Businessofmaking.com slash workshops uh, to sign up. And we will chat to you next week. Cool. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Um, Deb, you're muted. Yeah, I was <laughs> muted, but I said yes. <laughs> I can't remember the drink or something.